Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Let's do it live on a first Friday miracle edition of the program. Welcome into Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Merely Bo, and look who's back. The great Z, but not here, in his home isolation. That's right, in the isolation chambers, man. You know, going to give it my... Listen uh, to this. Give it my all for you here today. It's a little deep. It's a little throaty. I should be doing some, you know, some Isaac Hayes stuff right now, but, you know, we're going to do what we can. I think if you would be somebody who'd be working at like the Sands in oh, Vegas yeah. in like seventy two on like oh, the yeah. probably like the the two a.m. to five a.m. shift. I don't know what you guys are up to. That's it. That's but I you don't like right it. There. That's the way that's gonna go. Uh, boy, this has been a hell of an illness for you, buddy. You're this is this, the throat. I mean, we need you back. We so we'll just get a little taste of you today. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this this is hitting you pretty good here. And I heard it. It's funny. We were, Gibby and I were talking about it on Monday. We, we I heard it seeping in at the end Saturday. Yeah. And, and I, you guys had a tremendous call. You guys are joy to listen to. But I did notice, knowing you as well as I do, and as familiar with your voice as I am, I did notice towards the end of Saturday that it was starting to quiver. Yeah, it quivered, I think, like Gibbe might remember. I think it was like right before the end of the first half out of nowhere. And I was like, what? And then immediately. <laughs> turned and looked at me at, at like halftime, and I was like, do not go talk to anybody. No, you stay in no here. Worse. Connor, so gonna, go get like 40 cups of tea yeah, and find every lemon honey. in this building. Tea, honey, and then and the great Jim Donovan always has with him like these insane halls that are like souped up. Like military-grade halls? Yeah, and so I, I got some of those. It's funny because today I actually feel today I feel much better, and I know that this will come as a great surprise. My voice today is significantly better than it's been. I mean, significantly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it knocked me out. I got back Saturday night after the game, and I felt kind of okay, and Miss K was not feeling great. I'm about a half a day behind her, and she's fine now, so that gives me a lot of excitement and, and optimism, but – Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yesterday I started to feel a little bit better, but Sunday and Monday, I mean, I was like just wiped. And not COVID. I had a fever. I like the craziest body aches of my life. Like I don't remember ever yeah. feeling that it just as I called it, just the general malaise, man. And so I did a lot of lying around. It wasn't great for sleeping. Like sometimes when you when you're sick you can at least sleep. It was not a great sleeping sickness. Uh. Um, so yeah, it, it hasn't been great, but last night I actually like slept through the night, which I noticed was a, was a good sign. You know, you never want to wake up in like a swamp in your bed. That's always a bad sign of great. No, illness. that's not good. So yeah. last night was the first night we went through and yeah, now I'm feeling, feeling better. I was able to get in for a little bit. I'm sad that we didn't cross paths, but I was sad. able to get in for a little bit and interview coach and take care of all that business, get my boards going. Cause I got to get working on those and get ready for, what could be the strangest football game we've ever seen? It's in play. Um, it is in play. We, we've talked to you know this week about it a little bit, and it feels like that the forecast models are holding, and that it is going to be uh, brutally cold. Uh, the snow 
could be an impact as well. The wind could be in the mix wind. as well. So all the wind is yeah. the big factor. On Monday when we looked at it, uh, max wind gusts were talking about 68, 70 mile an hour wind gusts. Now, uh, yesterday when I looked, it was in the 30s with sustained winds in the 17s. Um, I have, I'll be honest with you, I've not looked today to see where we uh, are. Today. I think in like the, I think still high wind gusts, or at least as of most recently, are still uh, in the mix there. I mean, it's it's possible, albeit you know unlikely, but it's possible this is a game in which neither team can really throw the football, like literally can't throw the football. Very possible. I mean, if you're if you're sixty some mile an hour wind gusts, then no, then you're not um, right. And so there was an example, and it was not matched with this brutal cold, but that happened uh, to Ohio State when they played at Northwestern. Um, if you if you're a fan of the Buckeyes, you remember the game where. Uh, they really just could not throw it, and it was because there were 60-mile-an-hour winds, and there was just no way to keep the ball to go to its intended place. So the same would happen here if that is indeed the fact, the case by the time we get to Saturday. So um, you, you were hoping it would mild. It's it's a little less, a little more navigable than it was on Monday, but at the same time it's, it's going to be a unique atmosphere, to say the least, on Saturday. Gibbe. I know that we are we're a big windows open group up there. How are we? What are we thinking about for this uh, Saturday? It has not been discussed yet. I okay. dare one of you to tell him he can't take him out. No, no, I no, won't. No. Uh, I, I listen, mean... I'm planning on right now, Gibe. I feel like there's never been a game that has truly called for my beautiful uh, faux fur as this one. I mean, if, if windows are open, that's the only thing I've got that could possibly keep me warm enough. I, I feel like I can get one window in to to protect the statistician and the spotter. Yeah. Who ha- might happen to be Jim's daughter. <laughs> yeah. But after that, nah, I, I don't I, know. I just saw an out-of-context Dusty Rhodes on uh, Instagram, which is a great Instagram follow, by the way. Or that no is con- fun. No yeah. context yeah. Dusty. No context Dusty. And he was, was Flair in. first with those? Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a no-context yeah. Flair. There's a great no-context Curb, which I would highly recommend I, to you. I'm on S, that one, too. Yeah. S is a huge fan of that one. Um, but he had, and Dusty had on this absurd fur, and I sent it to, to uh, Mo Pedman. And uh, he's like, I got to get me one of those. And I was like, well, I, I've got one. And I feel like if I'm ever yeah. going to wear it, this weekend would be, this is I mean, the it's weekend. it's a Christmas miracle. It's Christmas. Like It is that. Yeah. You wanted snow. I did. I, I did. White well, Christmas. I think, we, I, ha- I think we can't worry about it. I think we just have to embrace it. Totally. Totally. And what I want you guys to know, Bo, and I want you to know this and, and the people listening, that while my voice may not sound perfect, like the reason, the way I know I feel better is my zest has returned today. I was zestless. You got your joy back? Yeah, I was zestless for a couple of days, guys. I, I don't like, like you that way. I don't like you lacking zest. Zest is, is uh, part of your essence. Yeah. And now I'm zesty again. Let's yeah, go. I like that. I like it. Um, so, so that's where you're headed. Well, same. And now I won't see you for a while. I mean, the, you know, it's going to be a minute until we, we intersect. I'm, I'm not going to see you again until <clears throat> just 2023? No, 23rd, uh, the Friday, the 30th. Okay. All right. And then we'll do, I'll do the show Friday. I'll do what you're doing yeah, we'll on do this it, yeah. Friday. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, in terms of in the same, it, it'll be a little bit of a run here as, uh, as you take some time. Buddy's in the house. I, Buddy Garrity has moved in. He moved in last night. Um, buddy buddy garrity's in the mix um went pretty well uh for day one the real real issue i mean so no accidents were clear on that so he's done a good job on that that's Um, that's, by the way remarkable yeah um the real 
issue, I think, is that uh, Bootsy needs to be shot with like a, an elephant tranquilizer because his energy around the dog is off the charts. Yeah. And his excitement level is off the charts, which then causes Buddy Garrity to get excited. And then he gets kind of nervous. And, that, and I'm that like, leads to accidents. Yeah. I'm like, Bootsy, we've got to trank you, buddy. You are going, you're at an 11. I need you to. Well, yeah, that's going to that's gonna lead to little piddles, as they like to call them. Yeah. He's going to get a little excitement piddle. Yeah. So we've got a – that's the real adjustment. Uh, but so that's far, it has gone pretty well. So um, did, did the missus sleep downstairs? Yeah, she did. She, I, would, I don't know if she would say that it has gone pretty well. She wasn't thrilled about her night. Well, she – and she had to drive them back with the three she, boys yeah. and the puppy – just madness. I'm would, assuming in a car ride that I would not want to ever no. be a part. And is she I, now, fully recovered? Is she is she back to 100? Yeah, no. Well, close. She's inching closer. I think that um, the look that I saw on her face this morning um, when I went down to see how things were going at around quarter to seven uh, was not a look of joy uh, in any way, and maybe of great regret and remorse for what had just been undertaken. All right, so hold on. Break this down for me because clearly Gibbe knew what you were talking about. So you get the dog. She slept downstairs where the dog was to tend to Buddy Garrity in case he had to go out or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she the operation was going to be, and I said, look, if you wait until Thursday, then I'll be able to do these things because I've taken some time for holiday. And um, they, there was this big emphasis that, no, Buddy Garrity needs to be got now. And I said, well, okay, I, I, there's only so much I can do with that. Got it. Um, so you're on an island a little bit there. So she went and scooped up Buddy Garrity, brought him home, and then um, and then uh, last night it, she was down there tending to his needs to make sure that when a, a bathroom was needed that a bathroom was taken. So I feel like we could have got had, the kids working in shifts on this. Yeah, they're not ready for that. NBC is for sure. NBC could do it. I think Beamsy could do it. Uh, I think there's a 90. If, I, if Bootsy took – buddy out right now uh i don't know if he'd ever come back i'm not sure exactly yeah. how it would go i mean you might lose both quite frankly i could see bootsy like mounting and riding buddy garrity off into the sunset he, that's what he thinks he thinks that he is getting that it's like a stuffed animal for him to play with all the time yeah and he no doesn't doubt. understand that it's a living human uh well canine and, it's a human. and yeah and so it's gonna it's gonna take a little bit of time he wants it to be like something he can ride and play with right now. Yeah, I'm like, let Buddy's going to have to acclimate a little bit here, Bud. That's where we're at. Um, so I'm sure it'll be me tonight, sleeping down there and doing the best I can. And uh, but so we have dings like bells, you know. So yeah, if, yeah, if sure. A kid, if, if a kid walks out of a door of the house where we can't see him, then that lets us know that. And so there was a bell that went off. I I took him out at like about eleven, a little before ten thirty eleven. Uh, then there was a bell that went off at two thirty-seven, and a bell that went off at like five thirty-two. So those were the increments that we got to. Three hours. Night one. Yeah, that was pretty good. It's not bad. I mean, it's just hard to. <coughs> I think you forget what puppyhood is like. Yeah. Once your dogs are like normal dogs again, you forget like what it. it it's a. It's a legit undertaking. Yeah, I mean, and we've raised the children, so. You know, it's similar to that, except you don't have to change a diaper. Right. And Very they're more destructive because so. they're mobile. So that's that's the other thing. They have so, great jaws. Yeah. They do. Yeah, Bootsy got nipped today, and I'm like, well, 
he's playing with you. He, he goes, he doesn't even like me. I'm like, he does he like doesn't you. He just even like me. He does like you. It's Buddy just Garrett, this, he's rejecting you, Bootsy. That's right. That's his way to play. His, he's playing that way. That's that's the way it goes. So we'll see how the next couple of days go. Uh, we do have an injury update from the Saints. Chris Olave, the former Buckeye, with a hammy, did not practice um, in advance of our game on Saturday. In addition to that, the Saints are going to be traveling here on Thursday due to the inclement weather in the forecast. So a getting a, a two-night stay up here in what would normally be a one-night stay um, because of the weather. So, yeah, this is a legit weather event that we've got coming in here on Friday, kids. And by yeah. the way, it, it's not just here. I mean, there are six games, potentially seven games, impacted by this. Field the Yates teams put out are a having tweet. to fly in early. Field Yates put out a tweet yesterday that had those six games and the feel-like temp in all six. Um, and the warmest one was like eight degrees on the feel-like. I mean, it's us, it's Pittsburgh, it's D.C., uh, is it a New York game? Buffalo? That's like that. No, Buffalo's. Oh, Buffalo's at, in Chicago. They're at well, which is the worst. Yeah, that, that'll Chicago's be the coldest the of all of them. Will be Chicago, um, and Chicago's got that plan for the dome. I mean, I'm guessing that this, like, if you have Justin Fields, you want him out in this. I wouldn't, not if I could prevent it. So maybe they'll get that dome done there um, sooner rather than later. It'd be nice if they could. So the Saints traveling up. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. Nick. I just want, like, I hope people understand that yes like the weather we had the other night last saturday fun right that seemed that was pretty fun a little bit of snow flurry against the ravens it was very nice but when people say oh it's soft to not, no it's it's not soft to want a dome it's not soft to want no. good weather and in fact you want people to want to come to the games and be comfortable while watching the game i don't know that you know you're, i was watching those people on green bay the manning cast by the way i thought was one of my favorite Manning casts of the year, namely yeah. because it was, I thought Peyton and Eli were funny. What was going on was pretty good. Kittle wasn't bad. Lil Wayne blew me away. He was great. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. He was the highlight. I thought, I thought he was totally. well, the two defensive guys was good with they were great. And Lewis. Yeah. yeah. That was, it was just, a, it was just a good one, but you know, yeah. you see the guys like Gumby's drinking beer through an eye. That was awesome. But then the guys when and Eli drops the, you know, that he's rubbing his, his chest and the word that he used for that was hysterical. Yeah. Um, but I don't like. I guess I think it's cool to go and be shirtless at that thing. I don't know if it, you know, makes you like a legend or whatnot. I just think it's nice to be comfortable. That's all. I think it's easy to say, boy, it's great. How great was it to be in Buffalo? Yeah, wonderful. Uh, it's a snow globe. Here's the deal: that's a ten and three team versus an eight and four team. How does that work if it's inverted? Yeah. Well, what's it like well, at three and ten and five and eight? Now and we what's were it talking like? about it on Monday. Like Peter Freezing. King was showering Josh Allen and the Bills. He's yeah. like, for all these fans that want a dome in Buffalo, why? Like this guy thrives in cold weather. And you said it best. It's not for him. It's not for him. <laughs> this is your opportunity to build one now, so that when, like you said, the record is inverted, it's a little bit better. It's for me. And those of you out there listening, it's for the people who have season tickets who are it's like, for the f yeah. how would I rather spend my Saturday in 68 degrees climate controlled or 8 degrees 70 mile an hour winds? I mean, you want to be comfortable. I do. And the stay at home is so good. The product is so good. I just think, to me, it's a, it's a no-brainer. I couldn't agree with you more. The idea that it's soft, no, I just want to see good ball. That's what I want to see. 
Like was, look what yeah. you just, look what you just said about our game. It could be a game where you cannot throw the ball forward. The the over under on this is in the 30s. It's like 32. Uh, I think it's 31 and a half and if it closes yeah. at 31 and a half if that's the final at kick, I think it's the first time that there will ever be a total under 32 in an NFL game. There you go. So that that tells you what's expected. Um, I don't know. I, I like I like watching the ball matriculate up and down the field. Um, one other thing, uh, and and more than one other thing, a big a sh- the shocking passing of Franco Harris yeah. uh, last night. Um, he was set to have his number retired Saturday. Um, so he did a lot of media with this um, leading up to this. Brooke Pryor, who's a great friend of the Pryor pro- yesterday. Yeah, I was just going to say, like great friend of the program. We've had her on a lot. He was he talked to her yesterday, and then gone this morning. And boy, NFL legend, uh, certainly one of the pillars of one of the great franchises and iconic teams in the history of the sport. And oh, yeah. author of the Immaculate Reception, which is a play that is ingrained in my head, not because I'm not old enough to have seen it live, but from the standpoint of when I first was uh, introduced to sports through Sports Illustrated, they would send great moments in sports history VHS tapes. And that one was on every one of them. The Facenda call of and making sense of the Immaculate Reception and then the interviews of the players going, there's no way he caught it. And in those days, there was no angle to get a clear shot of if he actually caught the ball or if it trapped it. There was no way of knowing. And so it went down in history as as one of the most famous plays in the history to the sport. Um, omnipresent in Pittsburgh, uh, in the NFL, um, just a absolute uh, lion of a figure in Franco Harris lost. Yeah, it was shocking, shocking, and and gone too soon. R.I.P. Franco Harris. Yeah, I I woke up. That was the first thing that I saw on on Twitter today, which was yeah. I knew they were planning on so many things like around this time right you said his they he was are being retired and there was full-on yeah there was like a show i've told. seen like ads for shows about uh, everything yeah awful yeah saturday night was supposed to be a huge and i mean a huge celebration flying in alums like it, was there it was supposed to be a really big night and now it's taken on a whole different meaning from what i was seeing today i mean i haven't seen it it's came out of the blue right it was pretty yes, shocking yes completely unexpected. unexpectedly yeah wow uh, it, it's just said i make i make fun of that organization i poke fun their arrival i'm not supposed to like them i i do respect them and they're one of two teams that voted back in 1995 for us not to move to baltimore yeah and yeah. they've had our back yeah they've owned us when it comes to the rivalry <laughs> up until a couple of years ago. But that man did more for that city maybe after his playing days. Yeah. Settled there, lived there year-round, you know, I mean, was very active in a number of different things. Penn and State guy, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he just – he he never wanted to leave. And he, he put his roots down and, and, you know, when most players, when they're done, move south and west – he said, no, uh, not me. I'm going to stay right here. And he did a lot for the NFL. He did a lot for Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. Gone way too soon. Uh, the timing never. The timing on this stuff is never good. It's just brutal that it, that it was this weekend where he was uh, to be honored and lost way too yeah. young at, at 72. We will go around the league coming up next. We uh, looks like we're going to have a new uh, home for the NFL Sunday ticket. We'll have that information for you. Bernie coming up in about 15 minutes. It's a matchup first Friday edition of the program. We'll get into that in the second hour of the program. 
Deshaun Watson at the podium as well. We're off and running. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by Ballybet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. My friends, the Bath Authority gives you that bathroom of your dreams in about a day. You transform your current bathroom into a custom bath, make it feel like a spa. That's a win for everybody. The Bath Authority wins as well. They'll make it a reality for you to fracture the cost of competitors. The Bath Authority is our area's premier bath and shower remodeler, expert and factory trained installers. Give them a call now. You get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. That number is 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality and the largest selection of bath projects all made in the United States. Change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding. Acrylic tubs that insulate and keep the heat in. Tub to shower conversions as well. Superior products with expert installers at thebathauthority.com, 216-220-8399. The AFC and NFC Pro Bowl rosters will be announced tonight at 8 on the NFL Network. Who makes it for us, Dr. Z? All right, let's go on the offensive side of the ball. Joel. Joel Nick. Batonio. Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. And then I'll do two possiblies. Yep. Possibly Amari Cooper. And possibly David Njoku as the third tight end in the AFC. Okay. I think David Njoku is actually possibly, he might be even more likely than Amari, even though Amari's numbers are better, just because wide receiver is so deep. You have in the AFC at tight end, you have Kelsey, who might be going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. You've got Mark Andrews, whose cumulative numbers are, are still better than than Chiefs, but not by much, and then that's it. He is the third best tight end in the AFC. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I like it more than Amari. I like him more than Amari, for sure. I mean, I think it's AFC Am- at receivers tricky. It's just too loaded. I mean, you're going to have yeah. Diggs, Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill. Waddle. Waddle, Jamar Chase, mm-hmm. T. Higgins. Higgins. Yeah, it's too much. It's too it's much loaded. to overcome. And that's, we haven't even, I'm sure there are other people we haven't even There's guys right, those are off the top of the head. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then defensively, Miles. Miles, and that's probably it. That's probably it. Yep. Just a couple of them. Yeah, so you could get, I think, best case scenario, you get four. I think it's likely you'll end up with three. <clears throat> best case scenario, you get four. Yeah, it feels like three locks and then a couple of possibles. And I mean, there's no question, Batonio, Chubb, and Garrett all – those guys are all there. Um, Miles has got a real shot at first team All Pro. Um, Here's a, another name I'll throw out if he finishes this team the the season strongly is Ethan Posick. I think Ethan Posick was on a Pro Bowl trajectory prior to his injury. Well, I mean, if he's not hurt, it feels like it's almost a certainty. He just was he just was dinged, uh, but yeah, yeah, very very much still in play there. Um, all right, this also interesting, both Google and YouTube, uh, which is obviously owned all by the same, closing in on a deal for the NFL Sunday ticket package. John Oran of Business Sports Business Journal reporting that Google YouTube will pay two point five billion good lot lordy. Two point five yep. billion per year with a B for that package. Um they they make the most sense in this from the standpoint of infinite funds, but also from the standpoint of propping up YouTube TV. 
as a YouTube TV subscriber, let's go. All for it. Love it. Guess what he's wearing? Swag. Yeah. I, I did get a glimpse at him. Beautiful, a beautiful blazer, little white pocket square. And then what did he have on the bottom? T Scott's. Of course. He um yesterday it's just he missed Wednesday. It's just, that's it. It's a Wednesday. No big deal. First ride. Um he uh yesterday uh it became we became aware that his uh, his footwear of choice that ends in an A, yeah. that he shares a uh, fondness in that footwear with Sir Nick Faldo. So Sir Nick Faldo and Senior Swag wear the same kicks, and I don't know that anything's been more appropriate. Wow. How yeah. did how did we come across this fact? Because Nick Faldo has a Twitter account for his home in Montana, his farm and home in Montana, yep. and it is followed. Remember I told you that story, that guy that I that grew up near I did lives near Faldo. He's like yep. a rodeo guy. Yep. So I saw it on his Twitter that okay. Faldo someone asked Faldo what shoes he was wearing at the wedding and he was wearing the ones that Swag wears. Unbelievable. By the way, speaking yeah. of Montana and yet, totally believable. Totally believable. Speaking of Montana and great things out of Montana. What are you what are you thinking of this season as we enter the midway point here of Yellowstone? I think they've um there's a real opportunity to land the plane if they just do one thing. If they do one thing that isn't ex- I think that they could really land the plane on it. I think the last I think it is what I said it was going to be about a month ago. Like it's just a here's a beautiful day in the life in a gorgeous place with a setting yep. doing things that people aren't used to seeing on a regular basis. I mean that's where it's always the, the, yep. Yeah. Always That's July tenth. It's yeah. always the middle of July, which is, yeah. The fact checker on the last episode is not great in terms of of the way all that operation is. Uh, I also don't recall. Um, well, we'll save that for off air. But no, okay. I I think that there's an opportunity. To, I'll tell you once we get to commercial. We got Bernie coming up next. Uh, we'll get to we'll get to commercial. I'll give you the one thing that I think that they can do to land it. Um, right. Bernie, the great Bernie Kozar coming up next. Listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio on eight fifty ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. For a team of injury lawyers dedicated to every client every day, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Elk and Elk's proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. As we head out on the Twisted Tea Hotline, brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea, official sponsor of the Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. We're joined by Browns legend Bernie Kozar. And, and Bernie, one thing I know about that NFL legend group, and you certainly are in that group, is that when a one of those guys, a brother in that group, is lost, it's a, it's a heavy heart. And we have that today with the loss of Franco Harris. Um, what it, what it, what were your interactions with him? What did he mean to you? Obviously, it's a tremendous rivalry, but uh, he was omnipresent in the Pittsburgh community over the last several years. Wow, Bo, as, as you're saying that, I'm almost echoing it and repeating your words in my head as as uh, words, phrases, and, and the genuine um, um, spirit in which you're saying that. I, I so concur with you. Um, I've been nauseous all day just thinking about that. I know as Browns fans, you know, myself in particular, growing up in Youngstown, I've I've had so much fun over the years kind of making fun of our dislike for the Steelers and and that type stuff. And, you know, at times you you, you talk about that dislike and stuff on and off the field, but that couldn't be any farther from the truth and reality of, especially as we age out and as a guy now in the 
late third quarter, early fourth quarter of his life, you know, and you get the opportunity over multiple decades to hang out with the great Franco Harris. And, you know, growing up watching him is one thing, but to genuinely become friends with him, to have done some uh, work together from a business standpoint over the years, to have just been talking to him a couple weeks ago, um, to be um, seeing the the, uh, the his, history of the game um, coming down to this weekend where it's the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception and all the greatness that was going into that game and that play and uh, him, all the great Steelers in history, to have only uh, him to be the third number going to be retired into the number 32 and for this weekend and the holiday season and Christmas weekend, um, and the 50th anniversary of that, and you know, for him just to be doing interviews this past week and just yesterday and be hearing him, um, and for this to happen and wake up this morning and, and you're hearing this, just my thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family, Steeler Nation, NFL Nation, and he, he transcends football because mm-hmm. yeah, he's awesome in our historical football world and, and that, but. We've lost a great person today. He's a, just a great human being. Yeah, that, that's the I was going to ask you because you got a chance to know him, obviously, Bernie. But um, just from afar, whether it was the stuff that he did at Penn State or the stuff that he did in the Pittsburgh community, you hear these stories of, of never having not always had time to uh, sign an autograph or take a picture with a fan or a kid or to tell a story. Um, there was a genuine love affair that he had with the city, wasn't there? Oh, Bob, great point, too. One of the things I pride myself on and I, I talk to younger players about, and Franco Harris is one of the guys I emulated watching him when I was a, um, a younger player. I used to see him go out and signing autographs for everybody. And over the, the last uh, few decades, the way he's handled everybody, even when he was busy and specifically with kids and stuff, going out of his way to give him a, make a genuine difference was, was something that kind of taught, again, I'm, I'm saying me as a younger player, but I, I looked up to him as a young kid, and then he almost mentored a lot of us over the decades. And he had... You know, not to talk about some of his personal stuff, but he had business relationships here in, in Northeastern Ohio, and, and we crossed over on some of that. And just um, the world's lost a great man today. You know, it's a. It, I think of how you are too. How much of a role model was he for you in terms of the way you are with our fans? Uh, you're universally beloved, and everybody. Sometimes it feels like maybe there's not enough time, but I always see a smile on your face. I always see a handshake, an autograph signed. Uh, did you emulate him in your post-playing career at all? When you see something like that, you absolutely. I guess that's what I was trying to poorly articulate a couple minutes ago without trying to start crying on the air here and really embarrass myself. But no, yeah, the emulation of the emulation of something, you know, somebody like that who, who, and again, sometimes you, 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 we used to call it false enthusiasm, F and E, but Franco Harris was genuinely happy to be nice to people. He wasn't fabricating. Yeah. It wasn't disingenuous. That's the, that's the beautiful thing about his heart and spirit that, you know, People like me want, yes, wanted to look at and bluntly today, you know, want to carry on. Yeah. yeah, lost an absolute titan of the sport in the great Franco Harris. Appreciate you sharing that bit of it, bud. Let's uh, make the awkward transition to football. Um, this is a game on Saturday where the 
the New Orleans Saints are going to come in here. I know you've looked at the weather. It's going to be as brutal as we've seen, bud. I mean, we're talking highs around 8 to 10 uh, degrees. We're talking wind gusts in the 30s and 40s sustained in the 20s, maybe 30s, depending. Could be a little bit worse. Um, the temperature is, is going to be a real deal. Uh, the wind could be a real problem. Um, how do you... What do you try to do in preparation, Bernie, when you can look down the barrel at a forecast like this as a football team to get ready to execute whatever level you can? How do you do it? You know, Bo, I love how you articulated, let's make the awkward, challenging transition from that subject to this. Let me add to that by saying um, that awkward, tough transition from talking about the great Franco Harris to this awesome weekend of of the holiday weekend and god bless everybody out there on on, on christmas and hanukkah and and, and and holiday weekend for that and it's one of the beautiful things uh, somewhat to me and uh, of football to where you have to unfortunately as sad as that is to say and i'm almost embarrassed to say it, you have to block out that stuff so that you're able to go out there and handle these type of conditions and to go out and, and play a game um, where a lot of your family's coming into town. It's the holidays. You, you, you're so blessed to be playing NFL football and, and having the lifestyle that NFL football provides for you. And you're, you're, you want to enjoy that and you want to have a good spirituality and thankfulness about you. But the reality is Saturday afternoon between 1 and 4 o'clock, it's going to be, besides a brutal test in, in the physicalness uh, of basically minus 10 degrees wind chill, 40 to 50 mile an hour gusts, a complete physics nightmare to throw the football, that, yeah, the physical side of it, on top of the mental toughness that you really have to have to um, have a physical toughness to withstand those type of conditions while playing NFL football. Um, I love against the Ravens last week. There were people talking about, is the team going to quit because the playoffs are kind of look like they're out of the picture. The team absolutely did not quit last week. These are the type of games where human nature, you want to possibly turn it down a notch. This is the type of game where um, we're going to see how committed everybody is towards their love of the game because there's so many distractions and so much yeah. torture conditions to play in. Bernie, I thought that was the biggest thing that I took from the game on Saturday was give it – I mean, we use the phrase on here, give a damn level. Uh, the fight that I saw, the fun that I had from my saw Miles Garrett making sacks on the quarterback with Perry and Winfrey, uh, Deshaun Watson celebrating after the long scramble to clinch the first down, uh, pointing to the skies, uh, winning his first game in, in First Energy Stadium like – uh, that was comforting to me um, that it was. And, and I don't know how you are when, when you're at this time of the year and you're looking around the NFL, I'm always one to say, boy, how much do they care still to be out there? And that was there in spades um, on, on Saturday. How, not just us, but as you look around the league, how cognizant are you of who's still playing as hard as they can? Yeah, I'm actually very cognizant of it. And, Bo, as you're asking that, I'm chuckling to myself to back to your other question of how it's going to be on uh, Saturday. Um, defensively, guys, like they were laughing and running around last week, they love bad weather. So from a defense perspective, I could see Miles Garrett and our defense having a fun afternoon between 1 and 4 o'clock. <laughs> 
And I would be almost, and I mean this in jest today with uh, with some of the issues in society, but I would almost be suicidal from an offensive perspective, though, as the quarterback, especially me as the quarterback, a 5-5 running quarterback in those 50-mile-an-hour wins. That is not conducive to offensive success. I could see Deshaun smiling because, thank God, Deshaun has the athleticism in the wheels like he did on that run you were talking about at the end of the Ravens game to bounce up, being happy and smiling. Your legs could get you out of some troubles in games where weather in the passing game is almost impossible to do. So um, I could see Coach Stefanski um, and Alex Van Pelt and the staff coming up with some creative screen-type motion personnel-type stuff to just because that's probably the easiest way to assimilate some passing games plays. But Deshaun's wheels will absolutely um, be a factor or should be a factor in this Saturday's game. And and then uh, from the other side of it, Andy Dalton from the pocket could really have trouble there. And I could see uh, the Saints doing a little, a lot more Taysom Hill in the back, in the backfield. That's a good point in terms of the the hill part of it, Bernie. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm I doubt that you saw it, but there was an Ohio State game at Northwestern this year where the wind was sustained in the fifties. Oh, 50s. saw it. Yeah. Did, did you see that game? Us old, us old quarterbacks. We we have a, a radar detector for horrific <laughs> rolling conditions. <laughs> so you know where I'm going with this because one. So they couldn't throw it. They really could not throw the ball down the field with any sort of accuracy. And one thing that I noticed. Now those are college kids versus pros. But one thing I noticed was, especially with C.J. Stroud, who's going to be a top ten pick in the NFL draft, the frustration of drives not going the way that he wanted or being able to execute the way that he wanted. The frustration was was palpable, and I think it kind of derailed his game. And they were lucky to get out of it alive. How much is the mental part for Deshaun Watson and the other anyone else who tries it, the receivers, all of that? How much is it going to be key to be mentally locked in and understand that while these drives aren't going the way that they if they end in anything other than a turnover, it's almost like it's a win if that makes sense. Yeah, I I really like CJ, and I I saw that game. I feel so much for him and all of us cues that get punished in those situations. I get no happiness in seeing those young men be tortured in those type of conditions and stuff. And as a young kid like that, it probably surprised him because you haven't seen that he's in his, you know, he's a 20 year old kid. He hasn't seen that before. So if you haven't seen it, if you haven't anticipated it, like that was a, um, a tough one to anticipate back six weeks ago you don't anticipate that type of horrid conditions um, from a college perspective in the month of october like that but from the pro perspective you do anticipate that we have seen some of it and not that i like this and not that anyone not that deshaun likes this either but when deshaun was with the houston texans he played here in cleveland mm-hmm. and not that ter- not it isn't it wasn't as terrible as it's probably going to be this Saturday. But from a win perspective, it sucked when Deshaun was here. So he absolutely is mentally will be prepared. He knows what he's going to get. Um, and not that that makes it to where it's going to be an offensive, um, an offensive scoring fest, but from a mental standpoint, he won't be surprised. He'll, him and Coach, they've been here, done that. They will do their best to come up with creative plays and plays for the fans out there 
This is not easy to do against a good defense, and unfortunately the Saints are pretty damn good defense. Yeah, they are. Um, the, the the Taysom Hill part of it, um, that's that's a tricky one uh, for us, and the fact that the Saints have that in their back pocket. I you bring that up, and I you know you you're preparing for this game, and you go, oh my gosh, they have that entire package with him. Um, that that could that feels like that will be an absolute key. I mean, this could be a throwback. I mean, way yeah, way this be Bud even... Wilkinson, Oklahoma style. Everybody runs every play stuff, Burn. Yeah, that's absolutely going to be part of that's absolutely going to be part of their game plan uh, this Saturday afternoon with Taysom Hill. Yeah, it it might be the only way to move the ball by the time is all it's said and done. Um, coldest game you ever played in here, and worst conditions you ever played in. What are they? You know, it doesn't seem the worst conditions are those big wins. So I've had some yeah. games against the old Houston time where the, the weather may not have seemed that bad, but, you know, you're getting up to 40, 45-mile-an-hour winds. But I did in 1989, we did have a game where we had to win against the Minnesota Vikings in Cleveland, Ohio, towards the end of the year. And we, we had to get the W. It was like a minus minus 15 or so, minus 20 wind chill with the NON, once you know the game went into overtime. So I wouldn't be so elevated mm-hmm. and have so much positive emotion about that if it did not end the proper way. So thank you for bringing up that question. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it and you, brothers. Thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome, my friend. Hey, buddy, um, going to be a fun one, a Christmas Eve game into a Christmas. Uh, you've been a gift for us, and we just are so appreciative uh, every time you come on with us. Thank you for your time and your expertise and uh, sharing a little about your friend Franco Harris as well because uh, you got to know him in a way that many of us did not. So I thought that was very special, and I'm very appreciative of your time and, and patience on those questions. Well, thanks, guys. And, hey, God bless Franco, the people. But it really was a, a, a shocking message about how life short is. And with this holiday season, make sure we're telling the people that we really care about and how much, how special they are, how much we love and care about them. And sometimes the, the little things that I know sometimes get under my skin, you know, when you see something like that happen, you kind of realize that maybe I shouldn't be so upset. We shouldn't be so upset about what's happening around us. So let's make a positive, genuine difference out there. You hear me say you matter a lot. It has nothing to do with the University of Miami. It's about we care about the people out there. So God bless everybody. Happy holidays. You matter and go Browns. You're the best, buddy. The great Bernie Kozar joining us on the Twisted Tea Hotline, Twisted Tea Hard Ice Tea official sponsor of the Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, uh, Cleveland. I also want to remind you there's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milk Bones, the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. Um, it was so special for Bernie to sp- share that with us, Gibbe. And you think about from the – in both, in the instance of both of those franchises, uh, they both have kind of been—they've been the constant. I mean, Franco was in Pittsburgh forever. He was omnipresent around the organization and in the city. And the same is true of of Bernie here. And it, I never connected the dots in terms of their relationship or how well he knew him until he until we until you, you understood the relationship with him and you think about the way Bernie is at a game or the way Bernie is around town, and there's a lot of that, that they had in common. Yeah, and, I mean, he literally grew up between the two cities. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's he, – he literally was between – I'm sure half of his community were Steeler fans and yeah. half of his community were Browns fans. So, um, you know, I mean, he, he grew up right in the heart of it, right in the middle of it. Uh, so, Franco Harris, a football life, debuts Friday night. Again, all these things – This This was not – it, this, was, it hasn't. Franco Harris football life has not aired yet. This is the debut of it. Is Friday? I'm, if I have that right, yes. Compliments of NFL media. Oh my gosh! I mean, there was all this stuff coming out this week. Um, premieres Friday, December twenty third at nine p.m. And in the show, former teammate and Hall of Famer Joe Green said, "When Franco arrived, we became the Steelers." That's the big. That's the big cut coming out of it. <clears throat> that's just. I, I mean, the timing I mean, they, on that is. I, I reached out to one of my counterparts. I said, "Dude, I, I can't even imagine what's going on there because they again they had this whole. It was all set Saturday up. night. Christmas Eve was nothing but a big celebration, and now, I mean, it's very different. Yeah, I mean they 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 are changing a lot of things on the fly. And it's well, you're it's just become kicking. a celebration of life as it's much as it is anything for sure. And they'll do a wonderful job of it. But it is also, my God, could we, how did we not do this already? I know they were waiting for the 50th anniversary and all of that. Yeah, but to retire his number. <laughs> yeah, I mean that. That well, they only have what time. is it? Just it's just Joe Green and who else? They only have two. Uh, they don't, don't issue the numbers like they don't give out 12. They don't give out 32. Um, but there's only two retired numbers in Pittsburgh. I know Franco's, or I know that Mean Joe's one of them. 75 is actually retired. There's one more. I well, they've got a few according to this. Oh no, it. Uh, Ernie Stautner, potentially. Yeah, there's. I I don't. I don't think I know they have a lot of Yeah, retired. his numbers retired and Joe Green's retired. And then Franco was was going to be retired. Uh unofficially retired are are Bradshaw, There's a Bettis, bunch. Palomalu, yeah. Mel Blunt, Mike Webster. They don't issue them. They don't issue. But there were only up until Franco goes in there there's Saturday, only two. There's only two. Yeah, Ernie Ernie Stotner and then and Joe Green. Uh Stotner joined Pittsburgh in the 50s. Yep. Um, he was the first summer to officially be attired by the franchise. He was an all-pro defensive tackle. So it's just him and Joe Green. Nine-time pro bowler and all-pro defensive tackle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll get your name up in the rafters. Yeah. But, I mean, they've got a ton of those. And so Franco joins that list Saturday, was going to be the first one to join that list. But they haven't issued a lot of these numbers, you know, 58, 59. They haven't issued it. LCs, all those. They, they don't issue them, but they aren't officially – retired yeah so that's a that's a big big one uh obviously for them nothing quite like tailgating touchdowns and twisted tea it tastes just like real iced tea you know why because it's made with real brewed tea cool refreshing and a five percent kick of alcohol it's thirst down and goal twisted tea hard iced tea keep it twisted coming up at the top of the hour your quarterback deshaun watson at the podium you listen to cleveland browns daily on 850 espn cleveland Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
And be part of one of the most fashionate fan bases in the NFL. Join the Brown season ticket member waitlist today for the best chance of securing tickets for all home games in future season. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. And now we head to the podium here on the second hour of the program. Deshaun Watson. At game ball on Saturday, what would you do with it? I give it to my family. Yeah, they got it. You, uh, so you thought that was cool? Wait a second. <laughs> right. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts about they were given these dire forecasts? Does it get in your head at all during preparation? No, nah, not at all. My main job is just going out there and, like I said before, just executing the game plan and try to win. Um, not so much of what the weather's going to be because I can't control that. Deshaun, what is the coldest game you've ever played in? Uh, I'm not even sure, honestly. Um, Probably something in college. Uh, probably one of those, you know, uh, I think ACC championship games in North Carolina, but it wasn't as, this is definitely going to be the coldest for sure. Deshaun, you've talked a lot about the connection with Kevin and AVP. How much did, was there, you know, from what you built up during the offseason preseason, how much erosion was there in that connection during the time you were away, and how much have you had to build it back up over the of the last month or so that you've been back in the building? Uh, this whole process has been just taking it one day at a time, regardless if I, you know, but when I was in the building all season during training camp, and then when I was away from the building, uh, it still was going to be a process uh, regardless because, it's, you know, we never really had the opportunity to play in the game together, you know, other than, you know, a couple plays in preseason, which was more operational and just kind of getting my feet back on the grass. But, um, you know, we knew it was going to be a learning curve. Uh, we knew that it was going to take some time. Um, so we're not, you know, pressuring ourselves to try to, you know, force any issues or force anything. We just, you know, take it one day at a time, one snap at a time, one rep at a time, and uh, we just got to continue to build and have that open mind that we can do that. Last week, last week you said you thought you and Kevin, the sky's the limit for you guys together. So what is it about his system that you think you can thrive? Uh, just the balance of just the passing around. Um, and then we have, you know, a great front five. Um, those guys up front and the schemes and, and the way Callahan, Coach Callahan coaches those guys and how detailed they they are. And then also just with, you know, just how he can get the guys, the receivers, especially the ball. Um, not just one receiver, but, you know, just everyone have the opportunity to, do, to get the ball and make plays and be special. So, you know, I love the opportunities that we have. Um, I love the way he schemed up the game, and uh, we're just going to continue to grow from there. As you're building that relationship with him, is it getting to the point when you're getting into a rhythm where you can anticipate now you know what's coming in certain situations? Uh, yeah, definitely, because we talk, we talk through uh, each and every uh, opportunity and each and every situation. So, you know, with us being able to, you know, talk through it throughout the week, see the film, uh, you know, have meetings. That's another thing, too, is like, you know, Kevin is also in those meetings with us. So, you know, I get to hear him talking the way he's thinking about going through the week. So, you know, when I get there Saturday or Sunday, whenever we're playing, you know, I have an opportunity to know, like, hey, this is coming up. Unless, you know, something they do on defense, we have to, you know, adjust and things like that. Deshaun, it seems like you're so vocal, like, with Kevin and then obviously with the guys when you're actually out in the field about what you're looking for. Um, I know Jadavian, like, a few weeks ago said maybe earlier in your career you weren't as vocal. Has yeah. that been, like, a process for you to, to actually talk 
Um, no, nah, most definitely. Um, you know, like like JD said, you know, early on in my career, I mean, I'm a naturally shy person. Like, I don't really, you know, I kind of just quiet, kind of observant guy. But, uh, you know, as I kind of got older and, and I guess earned my stripes in, in this game, you know, I just naturally started talking, you know, and the guys now, you know, me being older, being in the league for six years, you know, we have a lot of guys that's younger than me that looked up to me. So, um, you know, they asked me questions. So for me to be able to get them on the same page of what I'm thinking, what I'm seeing, is uh, it's a great opportunity. It's going to help us, you know, overall, you know, offensively to try to score more points and be more successful. I'm talking to Amari about uh, you guys have been watching some of your film from, from Houston and they're getting an appreciation for what you can do with some of those no-look passes and all that kind right. of stuff. So how is that helping you and them to, to have those film sessions together so they can figure out how to work with you? Uh, it, it helps a lot. You know, some of those opportunities came up. We haven't capitalized on it. But, you know, that's the, the I guess, the reps that I'm talking about during live games is to be able to, you know, we had one last week with Mike Woods. Uh, you know, I'm scrambling, I had two guys come up, and I kind of throw it no look, but he was going towards the sideline instead of up. And uh, just that little thing, if he would have just saw what I was thinking, and he, you know, get on the same page of, you know, this is what I'm thinking. Hey, when I'm coming, I'm drawing guys up, not just go vertical. I can just give it to him, and he can walk into the end zone. So, you know, having those opportunities, scrambles, um, and then just plays that we, you know, I used to do back in, in Houston, uh, trying to transfer over here, so, and, and apply it to our scheme. So, uh, it's also good, because we did the same thing with Coop, you know, early on, and, um, you know, trying to get him the ball. We used to watch, you know, some of the Oakland and Dallas film of, like, different routes and concepts that he did. So uh, it's awesome to be able to, you know, pull from there and, and try to, you know, do the same thing here. When you uh, played the first game in Houston, you said uh, <coughs> recapturing your former game, you don't know when it's going to come, but everyone will see it when it happens, something like that. And so you're three games in with three games to go. Do you? I guess so. I mean, my main thing is just operating the offense. So whatever it takes, if it's running the ball 30 times, if it's passing the ball 40 times, whatever it takes to be able to get that win. That's that's the ultimate goal. Um, I know a lot of people want highlights and, you know, the big shots that, you know, got people were seeing the last time I played. And that's naturally going to come. But, you know, we can't force that issue. And uh, you got to understand that the defense and other teams that we play understand that too. You know, they go back and they have to go back. It's a small, you know, sample size of what I do in this system. You know, so they have to go back in 2020 and watch what I do. And they know that, you know, some things might be similar, some things might be different. So, um, you know, you just got to take it one play at a time. And, you know, eventually it's going to pop up. And when it comes, we have to take advantage of it. Have you had a couple of those moments there where you said, okay, there it is? Like, we found a small window or uh, play. Yeah, I mean, the you know, each and every week has been getting better. Um, you know, and that's 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 what I like to see um, so much. Not so much of just hey, this is a play. Oh, I remember this. It's more of just kind of all right. Each week, am I getting better? Am I getting more sharp with my game and operating and being a quarterback in the system? Um, because it's a learning curve for myself too. You know, this is a different system than what I was back in Houston and I had for five years. So. You know, this is a totally different change for me, and I'm trying to adapt as much as, you know, the coaching staff is trying to adapt to me. Nick Chubb said yesterday, he felt like it was a matter of guys, other guys raising their level to meet yours. Um, do you, is that something you consciously try to do, is kind of set the bar high so guys come up and join you? Uh, most definitely. You know, we have the talent, we have the operation, and, you know, there's a, it's a lot of, we have a lot of young guys, especially, that haven't played as much football as, you know, me, Amari, 
couple of O-linemen, you know, Nick Chubb and things like no, that. No, so, no. you know, the things that I'm seeing and the things that I, you know, about that as a quarterback, I want them to be able to see the same things. Because if we can do that, then that's where the more explosive plays are able to happen, you know, throughout the game. Deshaun, what do you like about running the no-huddle? Uh, I mean, it's really just, you know, the defense have to commit to what they want to do. Uh, so just switching up the tempo is always good. Uh, being able to see the defense and, and let them show their hand. You know, the hard part is when they don't show their hand, but, you know, they got to make a choice because, you know, they got to be able to communicate as well as, as, as us too. So, um, you know, that's always a good thing. And, and how much of that as you run through that process is Kevin in your headset and how much is kind of you going along and kind of diagnosing what, what you're seeing? Uh, it's both. It's both of us. You know, he, you know, Kevin is definitely, he's a play caller, uh, initiated. He's the one talking to me, but, you know, if I see something, I'm able to check it and, and be able to get to that play. Uh, so that's that's where the film sessions and communication throughout the week kind of you know work at um, on game day. So the Saints put the hard press on you in March. They visited you twice. Were you yeah. ever leaning to them over the other three teams? Uh, I mean, I'm a you know I'm a Cleveland Brown, and that's the team <laughs> I was leaning to. But I got so much respect for you know Dennis Allen and all the staff that came to visit me, the players, and uh, you know, the owners, she came to visit me and, and you know, we had a great conversation and talked and have so much respect for each other and um, you know, I appreciate the New Orleans Saints for the opportunity. How fortunate are you to have a receiver of that caliber as you're going through this process? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, it's a blessing to be able to have Amari and the things that he can do and the things that he's seen and just be able to be that, you know, big brother for me, you know, because he's, he's older than me. So, you know, having the opportunity to learn from him and, and, you know, what other quarterbacks he played with was thinking and what he think on certain coverages versus certain DBs. And then also for him to be able to talk with the younger receivers and show them the way to be a professional and how to prep for each and every game. It's awesome to see. And when you're running around and scramble, scrambling and all that, you know, how... Fortunately, you have a guy like Amari. You know that somewhere he's out there, you know, doing his thing, and he's probably staying alive for you. Yeah, it's awesome to, to be able to have that, and you know, we're just gonna continue to build on that. And um, like I said before, he's he's been able to talk to the other receivers in the room and, and showing them, hey, the play is never over until the whistle is blown. So uh, you know, there's opportunities and space, you know, throughout the whole field, when especially when I'm, you know, scrambling. We see Kevin and. There's, there seems to be no change demeanor. It's you know kind of flatline almost. Is there, is that good for a quarterback when you have a kind of a coach that doesn't you know isn't like up and down you know emotionally you know on the on the sidelines? Of course, it's balance. You know, it's balance, and, and that's what you got to do. You can't. You never show your weaknesses, and you never get too high. Um, you got to just keep that balance and keep it neutral, and you know, being able to talk and communicate. Because if you're too high, then some guys might not be able to, you know, react to that on, on certain situations. And if you're too low, you know, people might not respect that. So, with him being balanced and letting, you know, he comes over and he tells you the truth and what he saw, and if he messed up, you know, on a situation, he, you know, he he let us know, hey, that's my fault, you know, and that's what you got to do. You know, as a coach and as a leader, you know, just take the blame uh, for every situation, even if the blame is not on you. You know, he does that all the time. And, uh, you know, I respect Kevin and I appreciate him, and that's one of the reasons why I chose to come play for him. I'll just Mar- ask you about that. Uh, there's a narrative that, that you did come here in large part uh, because of Kevin and what he was able to do with Baker. You know, we've seen what he could do with Jacoby. Um, Was that a huge part of your decision? Uh, Most definitely. You know, and there's, you know, a story out there that, you know, I haven't told and I'll tell another time. But, like, you know, on that visit, he 
the opportunity to be able to talk ball and, and just the connection that we had. You know, it was kind of, it wasn't even about selling me on Cleveland and what's here. It was just mostly just all ball. And me and him had the opportunity to meet and, and talk about that and see what the future can hold and, and what we can really do in the system together. So uh, that was what I was really excited about and why, you know, I was high, very high on Cleveland. Yeah, Amari's going to hit a thousand yards, approaching a thousand yards again. Where do you think his consistency comes from? Just the preparation. You know, he, he don't really change anything. He he knows how to adjust. He's a professional. Um, he studies very very hard, um, and he understands what we want. You know, with him in this system, and for him to be able to do that, he knows his opportunity is going to come. He's not going to force the issue, and when those opportunities come, he take advantage of them. All right, there's your quarterback, Deshaun Watson, at the podium. Coming up next, we will meet the 2022 New Orleans Saints. Z returns. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. The Bath Authority gives you that bathroom of your dreams. You transform your current bath into a custom bath for a spa-like experience. Let the Bath Authority make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors. The Bath Authority is our area's premier bath and shower remodeler, expert and factory trained installers. Give them a call now at 216-220-8399. You get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. Check them out at thebathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality. It's the largest selection of bath projects. They're all made in the United States. Change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding. Acrylic tubs that insulate and keep the heat in. Tub to shower conversions as well. If you need them, they got them. Superior products with expert installers at thebathauthority.com. Time to meet the 2022 New Orleans Saints. They're 5-9 and nine on the season. Third in the NFC South due to the head-to-head tiebreakers. Last time out, defeated the Falcons 21-18 to to stay alive in a brutal NFC South division. For more on the Saints, head coached by Dennis Allen, we head to Dr. Z. All right, well, this is an interesting team. Obviously, because they're in the NFC South, they're still not mathematically eliminated, but not a great offense, but a pretty good defense. Offensively, 17th in total offense, 22nd in scoring, 21st in rushing, 12th in passing, believe it or not. They don't give up a lot of sacks, but they do turn the ball over. Third most giveaways in the league. Then defensively, 11th in total defense, 17th scoring, 23rd against the rush, but 7th against the pass. They can get after the quarterback. They've got 39 sacks this season, but they do not take the ball away. Dead last in the NFL in takeaways. They have just three interceptions on the season. Three. That was us a few weeks ago, but now all of a sudden yeah. it's interception, an interception fest with us. When they've got the ball, Andy Dalton playing surprisingly good football this year. Andy Dalton, 67% completion, 17 touchdowns, 7 picks, 98.1 quarterback rating. Since week 11, he leads the NFL last four games, 8.5 yards per attempt, and a 117 quarterback rating. They only went 2-2 two and two during those games, by the way. They also have Taysom Hill, and he's the wild card to me, especially given the weather circumstances. Taysom Hill on the season, 11 of 17 passing, 216 yards, 2 touchdowns, no interceptions, a 147 rating. But Taysom Hill running the ball, also dangerous. 
68 rushes, 449 yards, second on the team, and he leads the team with five rushing touchdowns. Oh, he also has seven catches for 66 yards and two touchdowns as a receiver, making him the first player since LaDainian Tomlinson to have two rushing, receiving, and passing touchdowns in the same season. And that was 2005 and six for LT. Yeah. Alvin Kamara's having a down year. Uh, Alvin Kamara's been in the Pro Bowl every year. He's been in the league five straight. But this year, 641 yards rushing, three total touchdowns on the season. Uh, he's got 446 yards receiving. He's an averaging just 90 total yards a game, which is a lot. But for him, it's a career low. His three total touchdowns all came against the Vegas Raiders in week eight. So that's the only game he scored all season long. Jawan Johnson is a converted wide receiver to tight end. Oh, all he's got this year, seven touchdowns. Second among tight ends behind only Travis Kelsey. All seven have come from week seven on. That's second most in the NFL behind only A.J. Brown. If you were able to bet on that before the season and somehow knew that, you probably would have made a lot of money. I bet those are pretty long odds on Jawan Johnson. Chris Olave. He leads the team, 63 catches, 940 yards, three touchdowns, uh, on pace for a 1,000-yard season, needs just 60 over the final three games. Rashid Shahid is a speedster, 22.3 yards a catch. He had a 68-yard touchdown last week. So that's who you have to watch out for. Defensively, a lot of guys that can get after the quarterback, a lot of guys up front with some real talent on this football team. It's led, of course, by Cam Jordan, their pro bowler. They've got, at the second level, Demario Davis, who actually leads the team with six and a half sacks. He's got 89 tackles this year. They got the Honey Badger. Now, they don't have Marshawn Lattimore. He hasn't played since week five. But they've got pro bowlers at all three levels. Marcus Davenport can get after the quarterback as well. It's a good defense. Tough against the pass. Easier to run against. They got Marcus May as well, so they got good safeties. Just a, a, a solid squad. Well, and it's interesting because when you initially talk about this matchup, Z, you go, hey, team from New Orleans, Dome, Southern Climate, all of that, ill-equipped, and then you get the Taysom Hill curveball of this, and if the weather is so bad, they could just run that and are very well-equipped to just run that. They know how to do that. Yeah, and I think that that's what you're going to see a lot of that, so I, I kind of dug I into it a little bit. Taysom Hill, the most snaps at quarterback in a single game was 17. That was week 11 against the Rams. They won that game 27-20. New Orleans this year is 3-0 when Taysom Hill has nine or more carries. He's rushed for more than 50 yards in all of those games, including a week five win over Seattle. Nine carries, 112 yards, three touchdowns. Oh, he also threw a touchdown pass in that game as well. So I do think you're going to get a lot of Taysom Hill in this one. Now, the Saints, you mentioned the Dome team, all of that. They are 0-6 outdoors this year. They have not won outside of a dome in 2022. If the game time temperature at kick is below 24 degrees, which feels like a lock at this point, it will be the coldest starting temperature game in New Orleans Saints history. Hmm. How about that? How about that, man? I mean, well, there's no way to prepare for it down there. I'll tell no. you that. So that there's not much way for us to prepare for it, let alone them. Um, no. Yeah. But I think you're they, right, though. I think they're going to run it. They will use a ton, and I mean a ton, of extra offensive linemen. Last week, for example, they had 55 offensive snaps. They had a sixth offensive lineman on the field, the six foot seven Trevor Penning. 24 out of the 55 snaps, they had six offensive linemen. They will play three tight ends, four tight ends. They don't care. 
they are just, they like to line up and pound it. Now, Kamara, like I said, only 3.9 yards to carry this season. He's struggling, but yeah. they they are better equipped than you would think for this weather. They have, they've been throwing it effectively. Like I said, Dalton, 8.5 yards in attempt, 117 rating the last four weeks, but this is a team that it, it does not feel like they should be good running the ball, but they are, and they will get big, and they'll try to play a little bully ball with you. Yeah, for sure. And then the other part of this when you meet the Saints is that Jarvis comes home, and I realize he plays for his home state team in New Orleans, a Louisiana native, um, but he he is a guy, Z, who was um, – Gibby and I were talking about this yesterday – of the players that during the time that you and I have done this show together – who were like the star guys, nobody embraced their time with us, and we had more on than Jarvis. He was on all the time. Um, yep. he, he would give it. He was so generous with his time. He was so so candid, uh, so honest. Uh, we heard some of our players yesterday talking about what he meant, just a kind of a one-man culture tornado for us here, and yep. had a lot to do with the turnaround of the franchise. Um, and my guess is that those that are there on Saturday, and God, I, it's appropriate, it should be on their feet for number – he's number 80 for us. Was he five now number for Number five, yep. Yeah. Yeah, Jarvis Landry is one of our favorites uh, easily. Um, you're right, a culture tornado I think is a good way to describe it in terms of he just kind of imposed his will onto this team, and I thought he was a big part of the turnaround that this team and this franchise enjoyed. Uh, he's as tough as they come. He's been limited to just nine games this year, 25 catches, 272 yards, and a touchdown, so he hasn't had the impact that obviously he wanted to have going home. He's battled through a lot of injuries, only played 19 snaps a week ago, but Jarvis Landry is a guy who is means so much more than his stature, means so much more than his stats. He just meant, I think, so much to this organization. I, I love getting to know him and to have him as a part of our organization. I think he should get – I'm sad that this isn't like an early September game when you had – you know, good weather, you'd have a full house for sure because he would get a tremendous ovation, and justifiably so. Yeah, yeah, he would. He's um, He was a guy that, you know, I think about when we were going through some of the struggles we had midseason, I know we tried, you know, to bring him back. Um, his presence would have been helpful uh, because oh, yeah. he is a he's a follow-me-to-freedom guy. No doubt. He's a, a great leader, and he's a guy that the other people respect. The guys in the locker room respect. The young players respect. You ask a Donovan Peoples-Jones, you know, Jarvis Landry is very influential on Donovan Peoples-Jones in a very positive way. So, yeah, he is a great leader and and somebody that I will remember very fondly as a a great Cleveland Brown. Yeah, my uh, my boy Beams, as you know, he's Jarvis' favorite player. He's got a ton of 80 stuff. He was heartbroken when he didn't return. I said, buddy, wear that stuff with pride, man. Wear, those, oh, yeah. wear that 80 with pride. That'll be embraced everywhere you go for the, the impact that that dude had uh, on his time here. Um, all right, rest your voice, brother. Hold on. Oh, does he get more? What is, I'm sorry. He's got one more obligation. Okay. Because I miss, I miss. you're gone tomorrow. Yeah. <clears throat> and Z is solo, so there has to be a little guess the spread for Thursday night. Oh, Thursday night? We guess can the guess spread. the spread for everything else on Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's oh, a guess oh, the oh, spread, spread, and mm. there probably needs to be a Thursday night score Thursday from you, Bishop. Score? So, okay. Zagura, <clears throat> yeah. I need you to guess the spread. Right. Jacksonville visiting the New York football Jets. Mm. Setting Ugh. the tone for the week here, buddy. What do you do here with, with Zach Wilson at, at quarterback? I, mean, I feel like you... the Jags are one of the hottest teams in the league. I feel like they've got to be favored. 
but uh, I, I don't have a good feel for this. I one. haven't even s- looked at it. Gibby hit s- me with a curveball. Let me let me get to I'm it. I'm say no it's okay. I'll let you. I'll fill you both you, in. You got it in. Jags All right, minus. I, I'll play two then. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll play. I'll play the guess the two. I'll, I'll play the guess the spread too. I can't. I'm, go ahead. You go with yours first. Jags minus one and a half. Yeah, I would. I mean, they have to be favored. I. I would. I mean, it would. I would go. I'd be right in there. I'd go. I'd go. If you want to go two, I'd go two. Jacksonville minus two. Jags plus one and a half. Really? I had a strange feeling really? about that, even though I didn't agree with it. I feel. I feel like the Jags should be favored in that game as well. But the home field, especially this time of year, that matters. Uh, that surprises me, though. Yeah, especially because the Jets are trotting out Zach Wilson. He's like hot on garbage. A, on a neutral yeah. field, I feel like the Jags. So they're are saying it's three. Only saying it's easy. A, they're saying it's only a point and a half difference between the Jets and the Jaguars on a neutral field. Yeah, I don't agree with that. That doesn't seem right to me at all, no. based on where they are right now. Well, especially that the way Trevor Lawrence right. is playing, and and you well, know, Zach Wilson, I mean, by the way, made a couple of great hero throws in that game. Uh, got them. In, I mean, the play that he made to get them a field goal attempt was incredible. Well, he can do that. I mean, that's not why he was drafted, because of a throw across his body in a workout. He was drafted second for that. Um, Look, in terms of the scores on that one, I mean, you're telling me I get Zach Wilson at home? Please, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Give me the green and white all day long. Gang Uh, green. All Jets. Gang green, absolutely. Everybody eats. Garrett Wilson eats. Every I don't even know who else he's throwing to. And it doesn't Zagura matter. If could look at the camera right now, he would. I would say, can't it wait. A, it's a it's a like first Bart Friday. Scott. It's a, a Thursday on a first Friday. Oh, it's glorious. There you go. All right, and get get better, get rested. Yeah, please, for the love of God. I feel great. We need ninety yeah, percent you, you tomorrow. Ninety percent out of you tomorrow. All right. Can you got that? What? Give me your percentage right now. Of how I feel. Yeah, feel. Feel ninety ninety five. Ninety ninety five. Uh voice is I would go seventy eight. Okay. I think that's fair. Trending Zest. up though. Trending up. Where are you on zest? I'd say probably eighty five percent normal zest. Eighty yeah. And, and I would say just because your voice is trending up does not mean that you just go and start talking to everybody. No. Lock yourself down. So, lock lock it in. You but you doing go any hide. streaming? You do it what are you what are you catching up on some streaming shows, you and Miss K on this sickness? What are you doing? You can't tell me you can't sleep. What do you? How are you occupied? You know, we actually time? watched that. Uh, that I enjoyed, and I don't know if you have even heard of. It. Have you heard of Murderville? Negative. No. Okay, so it's Will Arnett. Okay. And it's a it's a it's a comedy show. Okay. Where he plays this like detective. Okay. And they bring in a celebrity or two to be okay. like his assistant detectives. And the is it reality or is it a show? It's a show, but the celebrities that are brought in to be these assistant detectives don't know what's going on. It's uh, improv. It's totally improv. And so they have no clue, oh, and they're supposed okay. to try to solve a crime. Okay. What, so what, they, appar- what streaming apparatus? Netflix. They have a Christmas special that's got uh, Jason Bateman and Maya Rudolph that is pretty funny. And then supposedly the best one ever – is Marshawn Lynch, which we haven't watched yet, but I am very <laughs> eager to. Because stuff right. happens that's kind of crazy, and they react to it in real time, and they're as themselves. I'm a it's, big Arnett guy. He's great on the Lego uh, Masters, and he's Joe Bluth, for God's sakes. Like, what do you want? He's fantastic. Oh, come on. 
he's fantastic in it. You're gonna, I think you'll, I think you'll like it. He's good as the voice of. Uh, he's on the Bat- Batman too, in the Lego Batman. He's he does yeah. Batman, so he's got he's got a yeah, it's a good job. Strong catalog. Uh, all, right. all right, good job. Get some rest. All right, thank you guys. All right, the great Z joining us. Uh, we'll head back to the podium, among other things. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, OBM, the official printer partner of the Cleveland Browns. While you depend on the Browns to win, you always depend on OBM. They'll tackle any size office. The number is 216-485-2000 or ohiobusinessmachines.com. You have an injury update? Yeah, Dr. Brown, Gibby? not at practice today. Miles Garrett remains out with an illness. It's going around, kids. Oh, it's yeah, it's everywhere. Uh, Jadavian Clowney remains in concussion mm. protocol. Not ideal. Uh, John Johnson III with a thigh. Still popping up here, and I don't know if I like this. Nick Chubb with a foot. Uh, working on the side, Amari Cooper uh, dealing with that uh, core muscle mm-hmm. and also a He'll hip. got it out. And then Jack Conklin on rest. I would think that the – I mean, tomorrow will be the day that we'll pay very close attention to that because that's Correct. the equivalent of your Friday. Um, the uh, My hunch would be that Nick that Nick would be able to go, and I think that he would. Um, I would I would be surprised if Nick Chubb didn't if Nick Chubb can't go that injury's a lot more severe than we know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I feel like if Nick Chubb has a seventy percent chance of going, he goes. Um, Miles will just be can he get healthy from from what's going around because everybody's getting dinged by it. Um, so that'll kind of be the big the big operation on that one. Yeah, not uh, so just stuff to watch. But again, tomorrow is Friday. Yeah, right. So. We will, uh, by this point tomorrow, we will have final injury reports. Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, let's head back to the podium. Well, I'm going to certainly be a pro bowler tonight. It's Joel Betonio. Let's have a listen. You know, I think we just had our, our, our game plan. We knew those backers like to run through and make plays, so we were really trying to just, like, get our hands on them and, and make things. But he was – he was still active. He was making a lot of calls for their defense. He seemed like he really took that leadership role. And I think with him and Queen out there, they play pretty good. But um, we just tried to get our hands on him and make sure we, we sustained our blocks because we knew they were both really good players. What do you think about the, the cyclone bomb that's uh, hitting Saturday? You're calling that a cyclone bomb. Cyclone bomb, bomb. yeah. yeah. Um, is that because of snow or just coldness? I, I think it's like you ever see the day after tomorrow. I think it's like that. Time oh, wow. That's pretty intense. No, we're, I mean, we're just getting ready to play football. We understand there's going to be weather. There's going to be elements. Um, but but coaches stress all week. We just gotta play football. You know we're we're blessed to play this game. And we get to play football, and uh, it's gonna be a little cold. Are you uh, no sleep? Yeah, it won't sleep. How cold it could be? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I it would, like last last game was pretty chilly. You know what I mean? But um, we have the heated benches and all that stuff on the sideline. The, the worst part is the TV timeouts when you walk out on the field. You know, because once you're playing and stuff, you don't even really think about it. Joe Thomas there last week, and you, you try to hang on the bench as long as possible and look at the guy with the orange 
mittens? Is that a, a trick? I mean, I'm too scared to do that because I just see, like, the rest of the offense out there. But I remember at the end of my career, Joe was doing that, and I was like, where's Joe at? I always did that. And he's, like, sitting in the warm sweater on the sideline. So he had it down pretty good. You know, actually, I've seen this year some stadiums have, like, the TV countdown clock, which is actually really helpful. You know what I mean? Because you're like, oh, we got another minute or something, you know? So no shirtless warm-up for you? No. I don't I want to actually go outside anyway for warm-up, so I'll, I'll keep it in. Hey, Joe, you come from the battle. You played here. Outdoors. If you had your brothers, would you like to see a dome stadium as your home field? Uh, not, not for me. Um, I'm a, I like the elements. You know, it adds a little, little, uh, you know, different. When you're playing in a dome at 68 or 70 every time, it's perfect conditions. And I feel like football's an imperfect game. You know, I know there's some people that want, oh, the high-powered offense. You want to see the talent play. But uh, sometimes it's cool to have a little snow. I, I mean, we didn't have that much. But last game, like night game. The snow was falling. Like, what? What was better than that? You're out there just playing football, you know. And it just, just reminds me of, uh, you know, things you think about when you're a kid and stuff. So for me personally, um, I like, I like playing outdoors. Can Tony ask you that question again after Saturday? <laughs> yeah, he can actually. We'll see. I'll re revise that uh, question. So, which wind, cold, maybe snow? Like, is this? A, you go in thinking, man, we might have to run it more than we even normally do. Yeah, I think we're prepared. You know, I think we've put in a, a normal game plan, but we definitely have. Uh, I mean. Coach Fancy is always dialed in on, you know, the weather and things of that nature. So he'll he'll have a game plan if we need to run the ball, if they're going to bring a heavy defense out, you know, what, what can we um, do to contradict that and stuff like that. So, it, and, you know, I think a few years ago we had that three-game home stretch where it was pretty bad weather. Not as cold, but, you know, windy and rainy and stuff. So I think we have some, uh, some history with it as well. Joe, I know it's still early with Deshaun. How do you see his relationship with Kevin growing as a play caller just from an offensive standpoint? Yeah, um, it's been it's been really good. I think every week you've seen uh, the improvement with the grasp of the offense and then um, just him getting more comfortable playing football again after a couple years off. Um, but no, I think they connect and I think both of them have things they like to do and wrinkles that they like in the offense. And I think um, they've always had a, a clean relationship in that sense of talking and, and, and saying what they like. And so I think they're just working together to try and get, you know, the best offense out there for us. What, uh, what can the return of Ethan do for you guys? Oh, it'd be big. Um, I mean, since he's gotten here, like the, the work ethic that he has and just his, you know, mentality of, of learning the offense, playing, playing the game the right way has been huge for our room. And um, obviously he was playing really good before he got hurt. So having him back out there would be would be a big boost for us. Might have been a little question about his mobility in this offensive line system, like when he joined the team. How did he end up? No, I think he's he's been really good. Um, you know, coach has been on him, and and that's what Coach Callahan does. He coaches hard, and he's been coaching him hard. You know, one of the hardest since since he's gotten here. I think he sees the potential in him. I mean, he's a high pick. He's played all the positions on the line, and and he's a bigger center compared to kind of what you see in the league. So I think that is a misconception, like, oh, he can't move. But he has big strides. He can move. He's, he's pretty agile. And I, I've been I've been pretty impressed with him. You've been stacking up these Pro Bowls, and I think the announcement comes tonight. I mean, you might already know for all I know. But um, like, just what does it mean when you hear that and the fact that you've been able to string them, how important is that to you? Um, you know, it would be an awesome honor. Like, it, you know, you especially for offensive linemen, you don't have stats to really back you up and, and, and those type of things. Um, so it's really a way to, you know, look back on the season and say, like, hey, I had a successful season. I think you know as a player, um, you know, if you played well or not. Um, and there's definitely some, you know, bias to pro ball voting for linemen, of course. Um, but 
it, it's something that you look back on your at the end of your career. I think you know during the season you're like, oh, that, that's you know a great uh, accomplishment. But you look back at the end of your career and you'd be like, oh, I you know made the Pro Bowl a few times and. It's a pretty pretty cool honor. And you're still playing at a real high level, but do you feel like you've kind of gotten that name recognition now, where people just might write you in because you're? Um, I think I think it happens. You know, we kind of talked about it early in your career where it takes a little while to earn the reputation, and um, at the end of the career, maybe you get a couple that you you don't. But like you said, I feel like I'm still at a playing at a high level, and you know, still have room to improve and, and just keep uh, growing my game. Hey, Joe, without the, without the stats of playmakers. Now we have these PFF grades. Do you think Pro Bowls is the greatest uh, assessment of the lineman's career when all of a sudden? Um, it's definitely it's definitely part of the puzzle. You know, I think All Pro is part of the puzzle too. Um, it's hard with with linemen because certain linemen on different teams are asked to do different things. So. Sometimes there's plays where a guy might be pulling all the time. He might be in the limelight, or a lineman comes in the league with name recognition that, um, you know, get, gets a, a shot up um, at the end of their career. Maybe they, they, they've, you know, don't deserve the Pro Bowl as much. They get a couple more. So it's a it's a, a thing. And then you have PFF, who, you know, some people say is the you know the holy grail of grading offensive linemen. But then you have coaches that that hate it. You know, so I think there's this is like it's not a perfect science. And I think you have to look at the whole picture and. And um, you know, pro rolls, all pros matter. You know, I think I think it is what it is. But PFF is part of the reality in a crazy, weird way because people look at that, especially for linemen, and and they look and say like, oh, this guy's graded at a certain certain level, so he must be a, um, a certain player. So I think it's just all part of the group and and um, kind of what you do as well. You know, you have a running back like Nick Chubb, or you have a good offense. You know, I think guys get boosted for that too. So it's it's a it's a mix of things. Uh, I think 10 straight is pretty impressive because then you're talking about the durability as well. And I think his greatest argument is he played with so many different quarterbacks, so many different people next to him, so many different players. Um, and he was always a dominant force. And, you know, I don't think there's anybody making the argument that he got in off his merit. You know, he always was a was strong player in this league. All right, there you go, Joel Batonio, who uh, will find out, I'm sure, a little bit later on this evening that he is a pro bowler once again at the podium. All right, good stuff there. So much more to come. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And catch the Browns preview show tonight, 7 to 8, University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Dalen Baldwin, the voice of the Browns, the great Jim Donovan, join Ken and Gerard on the program. I got one for you for tomorrow for uh, Dr. Z. Um, I was asked this this morning in my other occupation, and the question was Mount Rushmore of Christmas movie characters. And he would have seen them all a thousand Correct. times. You know how this goes. If he puts uh, the Miz on, is that a foul? That's a foul. Yeah, it can't be. Uh, it's Clark Griswold. I went Clark Griswold. I went. Uh, what's uh, what's what's called Kevin Macaulay and, Culkin? Kevin Home Alone. Um, I went uh, uh, the the Love Actually, the old rock guy. I like him. <laughs> I like that guy. I'm a big okay. fan of that guy. 
Your uncle, your uncle Bill. I like that guy. I forget what his name. I think Bill Nye is the real actor's name, but I can't remember the name of the character that he plays. He plays. Um, and then I, I went. It was tough between the old man and uh, the Grinch. Like Jim Carrey is the Grinch. Those were my. That was a tough on the four. I feel like you got to go Grinch on that. But the old man's pretty great. From Christmas stories, pretty great. But I, I think I ended up going the Grinch as the fourth. So there you go. I want to, I want to know oh. his for. The father. Bumpuses. Well, that's the old man. Yeah. That's the old man. I, I Christmas story. Yeah, that's who I was referring to is the old man. Like, that was the Bumpuses. Yeah, like, the, you know, that guy's pretty Never great. Never mind. The Grinch is out. Grinch is out. The old man's old in. Old man's in. Yeah. Grinch is pretty great. He I does mean, a hell of a job with it. It's a lot of makeup, man. It's a lot of makeup. I can see, too, if how if you were a kid... And you all of a sudden that you go to see the Grinch and that that would be a lot to take in first time through. Like the kids are used to it now, but there's a lot going on there. Hey, by the way, enjoy the couch tonight. You're on dog duty. I am. We'll talk to you again on Friday. I am. Yep. I got a little basketball practice here in about an hour. And then we'll uh, and then we'll uh, and then it's me and Buddy Garrity on the couch living our best life. I'll see if he likes the video game system out. Set it up. Yeah, live Everybody a little bit. Everybody else is upstairs. Yeah. Well, I need to sleep too, though, so it's that's going to be a part of it. I got to figure that out. We'll see what we can do. Uh, enjoy your Thursday. Enjoy your first Friday, kids, most especially. Um, we are back tomorrow. The next level is coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Bally Bet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland.